Welcome to Cowboy Ed, where we ride through rain and wind and snow and everything just to just to talk to you about all things education and, you know, lead that conversation, hopefully come up with some answers, hopefully come up with some more questions, but keep this process moving. So Maya, how are you doing out there? I'm doing great. Loving that it's the end of the semester. The snow's coming down today. It's beautiful Wyoming. Having a good day. Well, that is wonderful to hear. The snow, it's its that time of year. And, and so we're going to, we're going to dive into a topic that everybody's probably heard of, but we're not sure anybody would define it exactly the same. So we think it's going to be a fun conversation to get out there for you. We're going to talk about digital literacy and what does that mean? So Maya, let's just start. Digital literacy has, has been a term that's been thrown around for oh, at least 10 years. And the definition probably in that 10 years has changed every year. So how do you see the definition in 2021? What does it mean to be, to teach, to talk about digital literacy? That's such a loaded question to jump at me with the coming up with a definition because it, I think really, I mean, you said last 10 years it's evolved. And, you know, I think that when you first hear about digital literacy, whatever the definition was at that moment is kind of what you lock onto and what you think it is. And you don't pay too much attention to the evolution that's been happening. And so, you know, our youth today, so all of our students from kindergarten through, you know, undergrad, master's programs, whatever, they function in this digital world. And I think digital literacy is really about how to navigate that space, right? And so that's not a very good textbook definition, but 10 years ago, we were trying to build skills to be able to use our devices and navigate the internet and find, you know, digital things or make digital things. And that's not really what it is anymore. Digital literacy is really about being able to maneuver in all of that stuff that is our digital world. And, you know, I think that's probably why that definition is so elusive because we're talking about you know, so many different components. So I'm going to kick it right back to you. So when you hear the words digital literacy, what comes to mind first? Well, based on what you just said, I think of Bigfoot. Like we're just, we know maybe, but we just can't quite get our eyes or we can't quite get a firm grasp of what this definition is. But for me personally, I think digital literacy is that idea that kind of a big grasp not only do we know how to use and interact with the technology but we know what the technology is doing on the other side uh where that information is potentially going how that information is potentially being shared in other ways and how that other that information can can potentially help hurt damage uh never go away so uh, that's 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 kind of my spin on on digital literacy it's the using and knowing um i, I guess i could compare it to us to a lot of things we do i mean we could compare it to a 
a cigarette, we can compare it to soda pop. Uh, if I drink a soda and I know, yeah, well, it tastes, tastes good. And I know that I'm getting some sugar from it. I'm getting some energy, but I also know there's these negative impacts of too much sugar and, and, and those things, maybe too much caffeine. Uh, I I'm, I'm so much literate or health literate about what I'm putting into my body. So digital literacy takes that same piece and goes, okay, I know how to use it. Um, I know what I can use, what I want to use, but I also know what how it's being used to on the other end potentially hurt or help as well what how does that fit in with what what you were thinking Maya yeah exactly I like how you're talking about the the other side of it right that side we don't necessarily see because it's you know if you think about most of our users it's not about what button to push you know they're just going to push buttons till they figure out how to work whatever they're working it's really the, that older generation that's still very timid about knowing how to use something before they use it, right? So we're past that user, you know, functioning, right? It's, it's not about, I guess if you compare that to literacy in terms of reading, right? Like we all have the alphabet available to us. We all know what it means. We all can construct the words and put all of that together, right? And it's about digging into the information and what can you pull out because you have those tools available to you. And that's a, a deep pool of things because we're talking about online community. You mentioned safety. I think there's a piece about balancing using digital and not digital or being connected to your device and taking time to disconnect from your device. I think that's a part of it. And then when you're talking about the information, I use the term critical consumers and creators because everything that we're digging into through the technology is information. And so I need to be aware of where that information is coming from. I need to know where I'm sharing it, who's gonna see it, what is the right information, to you know, share at a particular age, right? Is it okay that you know my seven-year-old is putting out their address? No, that's not okay. So we probably need to make sure they know that there's information that they shouldn't be sharing, right? And so really becoming those critical consumers and creators of information that's that's out in that digital space. I think that gets at the core of what digital literacy is. And it brings a whole nother question of, you know, how do we help people learn that and be good consumers and creators in that critical space? As you were talking, it, it, it really reminded me of, this is such a unique moment in, in history. I mean, this is, we have a never before generation happening right now uh, in, in the sense of never before have we had kids being truly more educated, if you will, or more understanding or knowledgeable of the majority of technology that's out there than A, the teachers, B, parents, and throwing grandparents and the people surrounding them. So you oftentimes have parents learning from children, which is which is great. But on the other side of that, when we think about 
those safety issues and understanding ramifications, we know that uh, students, the adolescent brains and, and those things don't really, they're not developed enough to really think about some of the consequences. So they're teaching parents and parents are, are being thrown into the mix and don't understand all of the all of the components. And so now kids are are kind of leading this. It, it's such an interesting beast. But how do we how do we move forward with this it is is very challenging. And you talked about the disconnecting and research out just just recently about how kids on social media are much more likely to have uh, anxiety issues, to have um, social emotional issues, because they're quick to judge things that maybe we wouldn't judge. Uh, it's not just about me posting a, a picture or a quote and somebody liking it. Uh, to, to a junior high student, it's very common to be, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm posting things, but I saw that you liked somebody else's hair or somebody else's picture. And so I'm looking at their hair, looking at their their body image, looking at all those things and, and immediately self-assessing and putting that own piece on me. And so it's very, it, it's it's a very, very scary and challenging piece to think about all these components in the mix. But for our listeners and, and for me included, how can we really start some of these conversations for both our kids and our parents? Well, I think that one of the things that you can do as a teacher is draw on the stuff that you already teach, right? We have taught opinion and fact. We have taught evaluation techniques, how to analyze something, how to check your references. Like all of that content isn't new. But it needs to be put in context of digital information. And, you know, I think there's so many things that we already have embedded in our curriculum that, you know, it's kind of that idea of, you know, prior knowledge and adding on the new knowledge, right? You have things that we're responsible for teaching as a part of our curriculum that are fundamental components of the how we build digital literacy. And so it's a matter of bridging those skills to that new space and, you know, transferring the information. So when you're talking about, you know, building community, well, we've done that, you know, since kids are walking into kindergarten, right? You're building class community, you're learning about your community. So take those fundamental ideas and, Put them in that digital space. What does it mean to be in an online community? And then you can open up those conversations about, like you were saying, you know, about judgment and self-assessment and sharing. And, and as the kids get older or even working with the parents, you can get into those deeper conversations about, you know, what is presented as that, you know, that perfect life online isn't the whole story, right? And so, because I think even, you know, people that are in their 20s and 30s and 40s struggle with 
how fun everyone's life looks online and it it you know it's exactly what you were talking about with like the hairstyle that got the likes you know and being able to reflect that back on yourself you see everybody's fun and happy online and it's really challenging to understand that if you have a struggle in your life that's okay you know it's not it's not that you're not succeeding in your life because what you see from everyone is all the positive. And so I think that, you know, that path is really building on what we already teach, but moving it to a digital context. And I don't know if you're a teacher in a classroom with middle school kids, does that work for you? Do you, would there be things that you teach that you could layer, you know, a digital learning piece on top of, you know, some of that key information that would help them become more digital literate in the process? Oh, you know, I, I, I think yes, but here is the challenge. And, and I think each age group poses its own challenge, if you will. I, I think kids are very good at, yep, I see that. I understand that I shouldn't post that. I shouldn't say that I shouldn't do this, or I should be careful when I do this. But then as soon as the door closes and they move, they walk out of the door or, or go on, that that is like a school thought. It's like an educational game in a sense. Why would I play an educational game? I want to play like a real game, like a fun game. And so it's hard because they it really is a challenge to get them to connect that, that you really do have to think about it. And, and the other the piece that makes that hard is obviously we know the scare approach with kids doesn't necessarily work just, oh, this is what happens if you do this. But we also don't have a ton of examples. We don't have a, a ton of examples because they're making this as it's happening. And as they apply for colleges, as they apply for jobs, and those jobs are impacted by things they, they posted or said, they're going to have the experiences to to share that. And so... As you talk, there's so many things to really, I think, facilitate some of these conversations. But you talked about everybody posts, well, not everybody, most people post the good. And they kind of complain here or there on, on social media, but the good and, and, and they're trying to get that positive feedback on, on that their life is, is going well. And, and on the other side, when we see people voice concern or struggles, oftentimes that's ridicule. And so building that community part, of what you said becomes a, a bigger piece of this and sharing that. I, I, I think this conversation, I, I think we have parent teacher conferences. We have all these kind of things, but these conversations, not, I'm going to tell you what's right and wrong. I'm not going to tell you how to do it because I don't know, but having these conversations with parents, with teachers and with kids saying, Hey, we don't know, but we, we really want you to like, really want you to just think about it. We want you to help us. We want you to, but it's, it's, it's so interesting. I'm going to change our, change our horses a little bit here because I, I just want to highlight one example of the differences in kids in the world and, and digital literacy. I had a situation, uh, a minor situation in, in, in life with, with my, my uh, college age, daughter uh and she had an issue and we were like well we need to call can we call one of your friends 
And she was like, okay. And she sends a message and I'm like, did they answer? And she's like, well, they haven't responded yet. And I said, well, just call them, please. And she's like, I, I don't have their phone number. And, and, and I literally had to have that look of dumbfoundedness on my face as, as I thought about it. And I said, what do you mean you don't have their number? And she's like, well, I just communicate via Snapchat. And I was like, you don't have their phone number. So I immediately took that information to my students and started quizzing my students. And it is just awe-inspiring how many kids, I don't, maybe we're going to be heading to a point where nobody has a phone number. Uh, because that piece, it seems like, why would you not have their phone number to me? But to them, why would they have it? So it, it really, it, it, it was kind of eye-opening to this whole piece of this, how they look at the world versus, even though we've been living in it, how we look at the world. Oh, I totally agree with you. And, you know, you mentioned being in partnership with the parents and the kids in the school and having everyone working together. And I think that, you know, there's parents that want to restrict their students' use of Snapchat, for example, right? Because they they don't like where it could lead. But a piece of that, based on exactly what you just said, is it also then restricts that kid from access to his friends and communicating with peers outside of, you know, being able to physically see them. And so, and I think that's something that we don't necessarily wrap our heads around, right? Because I didn't have Snapchat as a kid, right? I didn't communicate I had to memorize everybody's phone numbers because I had to use a landline, right, to call my friends. And it's a different a different space and it works really differently. And so, you know, there's the two sides of Snapchat and parents or teachers or whoever that are working with those tools need to have all of the information to be able to make, you know, informed decisions on usage right i and sometimes it's just a matter of you know like you said i didn't know that they didn't have each other's phone numbers right so i think that you know that really speaks to the need for the development of digital literacy and it's not you know just something we need to be teaching students in school i mean this is a a societal thing that needs to be learned well so that we can function in the you know space we've created for ourselves right with all of the evolving technology and it is definitely a mindset change um, in some regards which you just alluded to well and you you touched on a really big piece of this in all of these discussions assumptions have to be as best as we can left at the door uh, and define and make sure we acknowledge those and throw those away uh, from assuming about how we communicate to why we communicate, what they're using, uh, a tool, uh, I mean, obviously their device, uh, all of those things. But those assumptions, we have to almost throw everything away. And what does what does communication, what's the definition of communication when we define that? What is the definition of good phone 
cell phone use what some of those pieces because a definition of cell phone use from 20 years ago from five years ago is not the same definition as it is today for sure and especially with the the impact of the pandemic and those things on it so it, this this conversation has hopefully made lots of people lots of our listeners think about wow how can we build better conversations about this better experiences and how we can help each other help parents help students help all of all of us because we're we're definitely in this ocean together and we really don't have the the best swimming lessons to to get through it unless we're uniting and working together but I know the horses are a little bit cold because it is snowing in Wyoming and it's time to time to bring this ride ride to an end. So please share this podcast with your friends. Share it with, well, share it with anybody that wants to talk about education or in this case, digital literacy. And please let us know if there's a question or you'd like to join us or how you want this conversation to continue because we want your voice to be heard as well. So. We hope you had a great ride and head them up. Move them on. Move them out. Head them up. Head them up. Move them on. Cowboy Ed. On the run.